You're going to find that many of the foods we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Swotor Reforged is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweakedAudio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of... <clears throat> Swotor reforged, forged, 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 forged. I'm trying. <laughs> Was that supposed to be like a space thing echoing? Yes. <laughs> reforged in space. <laughs> I'm trying to make it as obnoxious as I possibly can every single episode without anger, angering, or making making the listeners angry. <laughs> Um, I don't know how well I'm going to be doing with that on this one. This is pretty awful. Uh, well, you are listening to Swotor Reforged. Thank you, one and all, all in one, for joining us. Chat room, thank you for being here. I am your humble servant and host, Jedi Guardian Ivarwin. And yes, you may pants me later after gym class for saying this. And because Aunt Baru didn't always know how to make blue milk, and it took Lou to show her how to do it, Louis Olan. Hello, Yvarwin. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Welcome. Glad you're all here. <laughs> they may not be glad they're here now, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, they will be once I get them some blue milk and some death sticks. Death sticks. The blue milk and death sticks. As always, our, mm. our, uh, our show is brought to you by Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com. You heard their ad in the beginning of our show. We want to mention them once more. They are amazing, amazing earbuds and headphones. For your MP3 device, they are built for awesome sound quality and for durability. TweakedAudio.com, guys. Check them out. Amazingly priced. 30% off if you drop in the code off the record. All one word. TweakedAudio.com. All right. Lou, as we as we like to do, let us move on to the, the blue milk and death sticks of our podcast. Mm, hang on. Let me, let, me, let me get one out. <sighs> What, yeah. What do you suppose you do with the stuff in the death sticks? First of all, let me ask you a question. In in the death sticks, which <laughs> this can't believe this is a podcast thing. This is this is the thing for the show now. The damn death sticks. <laughs> what's in the death sticks for you? In your mind, what's in that thing? He whip he whips out the death sticks. He goes, "You want to buy some death sticks? What does Louis Olan think is actually inside inside those vials? It's a highly great hot spice stuff." Hot spice? What are we? What are we? Giada? Now we're throwing this stuff on our chicken. Yes, and our lasagna, and our aioli. Oh yeah, our it's on our, our pickled tauntaun fawn, mm. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably like the veal of the Star Wars universe. A good old grilled Nerf burger. <laughs> Nerf burger. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. The n- Nerfs are like the uh, the possums of the sw- of the uh, the tour universe. <laughs> Um, I always think it's it's basically like like powder in there, like white powder, like like so many other horribly illegal narcotics. I always uh, 
envision that. But I got to thinking on my very long and and, uh, perilous journey home today from work, maybe there's like liquid in there. What do you think about that? You know, I would think so, but I know in some of the scenes that you see in the movies, when they're in those, you know, wonderful dens of, uh, you know, debauchery, <laughs> you know, Lucas, I think, kind of created like a futuristic or that the, the, the water <laughs> the water pipes in a galaxy far, far away. And <laughs> <laughs> if you notice that in some of the movies or some of the scenes, you'll you'll see that like they are smoking something. Out of these pipes, yeah. other than the, 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 I guess, futuristic cigarette holders, which haven't changed, I guess, over that far galaxy. No. <laughs> it's all be- the same. Because when you've invented a hookah, why change it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it works in any galaxy. That's right. No, those definitely look like, um, they definitely look like little hookahs to me. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what those are. Yeah, and the Death Sticks, you know, they do kind of like, yeah, like, like cigarettes. Like really thin cigarettes. But uh, I always imagine it to be full of uh, spice. I mean, coming from playing Star Wars Galaxies for so many years, you know, that was one substance they had in the game that was actually illegal to have. Um, if you were in a city, and depending on what happened, sometimes the NPC guards would scan you, okay? And if they caught you with it, <laughs> you could be fined. <laughs> Why do you know this? <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, like I love it and appreciate it, but like this is is probably like one of the one of the most you know uh, far flung kernels of knowledge in the in the in this in the uh, Star Wars universe, and it and you have it. Well, that's because I've experienced it. When I first played a game, uh, when it first opened up years ago, um, I actually had acquired some, I guess, off of a uh, dead NPC that worked for a hut, mm-hmm. and. No one told me what it was. I asked in general chat. Everyone's pretty much quiet. And then I went to the local city. I was on Corellia. And it was under control of the Imperial of the Empire at the time. So they're now they're stormtroopers patrolling the city along with regular Imperial guards. And all of a sudden, I was told, you know, Citizen Hall, please wait a few minutes while we under, you know, inspect you. And I'm being scanned. <laughs> I, was, I was arrested. Oh, my God. I was fined for having spice on me. <laughs> And the player started laughing. I was like, "You jerks!" <laughs> <laughs> this actually took all the credits I had to pay off the fine. Oh man! Yeah. Was so, it? I mean, was it a really big hit at the time? Like, was it a like a, a character you had been leveling? No, no, no. I think it was a low level character, but that was one of the things in the game was the fact that if you had that substance on you, and if you were in a city, you know, whether it was controlled by the alliance or the Imper- or the empire, the guards could scan you randomly, and if they caught you with it, they'd fine you. Yeah, so I just, think it was not too. Uh, <laughs> that, that was part of the appeal of being a smuggler, trying not to get caught with this stuff. <laughs> because it was actually part of uh, crafting too. You could use it to craft stuff in the game. Okay, all right. You craft stims in the game and food stuffs for really great food buffs or stim buffs. All right. Um, chat room is uh, is basically uh, throwing their underwear at you right now. They love all of this. They're saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what like what makes Lou smexy. J- Lou went to jail because he's spicy. <laughs> Someone's asking if they patted you down. <laughs> Listen, what happens in jail stays in jail. Okay, <laughs> I do apparently. what I gotta do to survive. To From out. what I hear, apparently. <laughs> 
All right. Um, as you guys may have already have figured out for yourselves, uh, Lou is is absent. He is not with us today, and uh, it has n- nothing to do um, with the the awkward uh, tit for tat retort that we we did on on episode three. I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> um we we hugged and made up after that episode um no wait you know what i was uh listening to that <laughs> earlier last week and um i cringed when when uh, we were going back and forth with the uh the jedi and the sith thing because i think i think because of me it kind of came over as like a little angrier than it actually was and uh, I do feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> so, but it's that, that's not the reason why he is not here today. No, Lou had a, uh, had a QGN thing to do today. And um, it's called being fired for being a jerk on the left. So, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he's, he's hosting. What is he hosting? He's got a Minecraft thing going on right now? Yes, I believe he's holding a community event on Minecraft right now. So Sweet. Yep. Sweet. So go out there, go to Fred's house, fill full TNT, <laughs> blow it up. Blow it up. <laughs> in Minecraft. In Minecraft. Don't actually go to his house. <laughs> no, no, yes, in Minecraft. Log on to the server, go to Fred's house, take a couple of holes. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Someone's telling me I used the wrong name in the chat room. What did I say? I meant Fred. I meant Fred. Did I say Lou? Yes, you mentioned me, oh, and God. I was like, <laughs> "Oh God!" I, you know what? It's been a long work week, and I have to say, like, just to—I I know this has nothing to do with the tour universe. Um, and I, I meant Fred the entire time, and I, I think the listeners kind of know that. Um, and please, God, give me a pass for for being, you know, in, inadequate today. <laughs> <laughs> and Brooks is saying. Fred's house and the server is protected anyway. What, did Fred play, put traps around his house on the Minecraft server? I, I bet he did. I think he did. He probably did do that. <laughs> he probably, he probably put the moat, a 12-foot wall, and spikes and traps everywhere. <laughs> um, because, of the, the, uh, because of the horrible tragedy that happened um, late last week uh, in Colorado, work for me has been... Uh, I should say difficult. Let's just say that um, it's impacted me and my job, um, and so it's 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 been a really hard work for, week for me. So I'm I'm tired, but at the same time, and I'm going to bring this into tour right now. Um, I have not had a chance to play tour really at all this week as as a result of this. So so I apologize. The only like in game speech that I can that I can say is that I I got my Jedi up to like level forty eight. And I think, nice. the, yeah, the last time we did a recording, I think I was either 46 or 47. Uh, you were 46. You were about to turn 47, though. You right. needed to couple more things. Yeah, so I, I nice. popped up to 48. Um, we have an update on the guild thing, uh, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. But, Lou, I want to ask you, what's going on with Tor, man? How, how was your weekend game? Not too bad. I actually started doing the dailies on my sorcerer, who just you know turned 50 about a week or so. Week and a half ago, finally fished her off, got her up to fifty, and now I am. I'm, just- I'm sorry, Lou. I got to ask you to repeat yourself. I, I'm like horribly exhausted. What? <laughs> <laughs> like I, my concentration broke for like a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please, what, what did you say? I got my Sith Sorcerer up to Corellia. I unlocked okay. the Black Hole Dailies. Nice. Yeah, I actually have to go back now and. Do the uh, quest chain to unlock the dailies on Ilum and the ones on Bel Savis. Okay. 
So I'll be doing that. Well, I haven't. I just started the ones. I finished ones of Corellia. I have her currently parked on Ilum to finish to start that up because that's actually it's not long, but it is kind of involved. Right. Because you're actually doing, um, yeah, you know, a couple of planetary quests to unlock the dailies alongside with these things. So it's pretty fun. I like doing so. I take my time with it. And um, once I'm done with that, I'll probably go and do the Belsavis ones. Although, you know, sometimes Belsavis can be a little bit long-winded because that planet is the way that zones that planet is arranged on how the zones can be so spread far apart. Mm-hmm. And sometimes doing the dailies can be a pain. And now that we're on a really healthy server, I'd say this, thank God, the community on Candor's Ordo is very friendly and very open to grouping. Yeah. You know, even with the dailies, doing the, oh, yeah. you know, doing a pug, joining a pug for the dailies I've encountered so far has been nothing but great. My you know, f- people realize that we're on a healthy server now, that it, you know, we can't all just be like 20 people trying to do 20 different things at once. <laughs> yeah. I, my my friends list in game has has grown quite a bit. I mean, I think I've added um, in the last two weeks. Well, let's you know what. Let's just take it. Let's just take it back to when I got onto Candor's Ordo. You know, but what was it? About a month ago, we did this this whole uh, the switch. Yeah, just about yeah. About a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in that month, my friends list, I've I've added, I'd say about ten different people. Oh, very cool. And that's a lot for me. I don't, I don't add. If you, if you're not like a real life friend of mine, um, I don't add you. It's just you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like you know, it's it's two ships in the night. It's you know, passing ships, baby. I'll you know, keep moving. Strangers <laughs> in the night. Pretty much. <laughs> Exchange. <laughs> it was uh, it, it it was a, it was a one time uh, you know, it was a it was a one time instance. Uh, you know, it, the, that gear's not mine. You know. <laughs> Um, but I've, I've really like come in contact with like some awesome people. And I like the fact that in this game, this is the first MMO I've played where when I add somebody to my friends list, I can add a note to that person's name. So now every person that I add, I, I add them and I, I, I write in, you know, awesome DPS, met him in this instance, great person. Uh, you know, great heals, uh, call on them, you know, when, when going into another flashpoint, I add that stuff. And in previous MMOs I've played, it's always, I've always had to either be in a guild and an officer in order to have that functionality or just like a, an extra rank above, you know, the normal rank in a guild in order to have that, that functionality. And it's always, it's, it's only pertained to, to guilds and guild members, never just right. like random friends you I've met on on my server, right? Never on, never, you never had that kind of functionality on your regular friends list. It had to be always be associated with a guild guild function. Yeah, so it's yeah. nice it's there, but it's, I'm glad though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you add more people to your friends list. I I just can't believe that people will just say, hey, hey, I'm doing these dailies. We're in the area, you know, you're a sorcerer. You heal? Yes. Okay. Cool. I'll tank. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some more people. It's okay. it's been it's been that easy. Um, mm-hmm. I met uh, this this great guy. We were oh man, I was on Corellia and I was just about to finish one of the dailies that's on Corellia. And um, this was like the middle of last week. I think it was like a day or so after we recorded. And um, I, I don't remember what the daily was, but. 
in in any event, um, we we ran in there, and I was on my way to to this place just to finish up a quest, and I had no idea it was a heroic um, plus four daily on Corellia. I had no clue, so I was like, you know, diddy bopping my way on over to this <laughs> instance. <laughs> What's in here? <laughs> K- killing everything in my path, uh, trying to get myself up to up to forty eight. And, and I, I, I find out, like, oh, man, there's, like, like some pretty heavy guys, like, hanging around here, like, some pretty heavy NPCs. Like, these guys are no joke. If I engage with this group, I'm going to get killed. So I started, you know, I, I spammed chat a little bit. And I said, oh, you know, a tank looking for, you know, uh, you know three, you know, DPS, you know, three other guys, you know, looking for heals. I got a healer, like, came up immediately and said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So as he was on his way over, I started looking for two more DPS guys, and which you know no one was really interested at the time. So it was just me and this healer. So we ran in there. I was tanking. He was healing. We had our, our DPS um, uh, companions out. And let me tell you, it was it was the, the we didn't slaughter everything in there. We we were met with with quite the challenge, but it wasn't such an overwhelming challenge that we were you know beating our heads up against our keyboards. It was just. Right. It was fun. It was exciting. It was great. And I loved it. And I was like, you know, LOSing all these guys and bringing them into me and like, you know, actively talking to this person through chat, strategizing. Like, we just had an absolute blast. And um, I added him as a friend afterward because we had so much fun. And he's, he's uh, I forget his name, unfortunately. And I'm, but the great guy. And, um, uh, I'll be grouping up with him again, and you know, Candor Sordo, man. It's if you're Republic, if you're anyway, it doesn't matter if you're Republic or or Empire, man. Candor Sordo is where it's at. We're having a, I'm having a ball. Right, I, I'm having a blast on, on both factions. You know, whether my my lobby Republic tunes or my uh, max level Empire tunes, it, it's just been great overall. Mm. Without a doubt, it, even Joe, um, Joe Wilson sent me a. Uh, sent me a, a little text message there. He's been like, you know, waiting for me to get online. I'm like, you know, unfortunately I couldn't make it um, most of this week. But he, he was telling me like, oh man, it's great now. I'm so excited to be able to group up with people. I switched my, uh, I switched my console over to DPS and I'm just killing everything. Like Joe's been, Joe's been having a blast. Oh yes. Yeah. A welcome revival for him. I'm glad. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So what else has been going on with you in game? Well, I've been holding off on leveling my vanguard since that's the one you and I created together when we first got to Canter Shorto. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I have not forgotten about my consular. <laughs> <laughs> so what I've been doing is slowly getting back also into the rhythm of my operative, playing my Imperial operative. Since okay. she was actually the first character I shelved a long time ago after the first series of nerf bats swung at her. Whoa. Right at her class. That she didn't dodge. <laughs> Yep, the only bat, dodge. the only bat that she can't dodge, the Nerf bat. <laughs> you know, and essentially that's why I had left her alone and actually loved up my Marauder because I had gotten so sick and uh, disgusted, essentially, with what they did to that class. I said, "Forget it." You know what? It's still my favorite class, but I, I really am at the point where I, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to deal with it. So that's when I switched over and leveled up my Marauder up to fifty. Right, <laughs> counter up to that, uh, but yeah, I, I. And now that I'm on this new server, you know, with you, and 
now it's just so much more opportunity for other players. You know, it's just giving me more chances to actually go out and enjoy group content with this operative that yeah. I have. Uh, before it was kind of rough. You know, especially with the stigmas, whether good or bad, that are attached to the class. You know, players would avoid having me in the group because, uh, again, we've had this discussion in the past where, like, why bring an operative and bring a sorcerer? Who cares? Yeah. You know, right. much faster, much more efficient. <laughs> so, and they bring more. They do bring a little bit more to the table. Now that I'm a Canis Ordo, people are more open to like, you know, pretty much effort. We want to have fun. We want to just do this. You know, you're here. You're available. Come on, let's do it. I don't know, man. You know, obviously I'm not raiding, so I can't speak on on raids. Um, and nor you know what? Nor am I 50, so I'm not doing end level, um, you know, heroic content either. I'm not doing hard modes. Um, so maybe that's that's part of why I'm having this. But anytime I've I've had in, you know, a a, a smuggler healer, they, they've done very well. I've never had an issue. So, you know, maybe it's because I'm not in hard mode, and maybe at some point during the hard mode thing, like they become less effective, or just maybe just raiding, they become less effective versus the other class. Um, but I've I've never as a tank. I've never had an issue with with a uh, a healer, be, you know, being a, a a smuggler. Right, the mercenary. It's the mercenary. Right, mer- mercenary. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've never had that issue. So, I don't know how. I mean, I know it's it's you know I I know it's in comparison to the other. Like I, I get what you're saying, but. You know this. I'm I'm trying to speak to the stigma that exists out there that you know we'd rather have, we'd rather have the other guy versus that guy. I've never had an issue as a tank, and right. um, you know if you're out there, you know actively grouping up, you know keep an op- keep an open mind. You might you right. might be surprised. Right, and, and the thing is with this, it's like all these classes are still able to do the content. All right, it may be a little rougher at spots, or sometimes it, it can be a struggle. Yeah, I think it's happened during the game. But yeah, you know, I firmly believe that all classes can do the job. It's just that, you know, there might be players out there who may be in a rush or a time schedule or what have you, or, you know, they just want to run through things. Okay. But, you know, I, I guess there are some stickers out there attached to these classes that, uh, for whatever reason, you know, need to get addressed. And hopefully Bioware will, will take these to heart and, you know, start looking into addressing these changes they've made mm-hmm. over the past few months. So and they have. I, I think you know they've got some positive things going on right now. And I think when we talk about uh, one of the topics in our news, we'll see that happen. You know, we'll, we'll see them start to actually uh, open up and, and realize uh, let's get in touch with our player base again in terms of you know what we need to look at. Because as developers, you know, they're they've got their one view on things, you know, bias or not. They're seeing things from one end of the spectrum, whereas we, the players, are going to see things from our end, our perspective, which they may not see. Right. So, well, well said. Um, all right, guild guild chatter. Uh, I know we've been getting a lot of a lot of messages, either either through Twitter or um, email in game. And everyone's kind of, you know, wondering, all right, when when are when are the, the Swotor Reforged guys gonna make that guild? Lou and I decided, um, 
as show hosts, we're not actually going to make a guild. That doesn't mean we don't have an answer for you. It just means that we're not going to go this route. And, and the reason is because we want to have a quality guild set up for our listeners, not a guild with just the name of the show. Let's say, let's just say we named the guild after this show. Um, not, you know, just an empty forum, uh, with, with, you know, the name of the show over your head. All right. We don't want that for you. We're, we're honestly just way too busy to be able to give a guild the kind of attention that we would like for you to experience in a guild. So what I've done is I've actually looked for a guild on Candorous Ordo that is involved in many different games and including this one. Um, and, and it, it supports itself as a community and has a long standing history. And I found one. Now, um, I'm going to, over the course of this week, uh, speak with the Guildmaster, all right, and see how they feel about letting in, you know, um, listeners and into the guild. And, you know, because it's kind of like a, it's a large family guild, they say, and I don't want you know, a, a huge influx of people coming into their guild. If the guild master doesn't want it, it's a respectful thing that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give the guild master, uh, that respect of, of, you know, maintaining and managing his guild. Um, however, I don't think he's going to mind. <laughs> so all I have to do is just get the okay from him. I want his blessing to say, yes, I understand this is something you do. I am now aware of your show. I understand you have, uh, you know, uh, two listeners out there interested in gilding up with you. <laughs> um, they can come on in. So once I get, you know, the blessing from the guild master, uh, I'll, I'll let you know what's, what's going on. Um, it's it's a it's a multi sided guild as well. It's it has a presence um, on Candorous Ordo as a Repu- as a Republic guild, and then on a different server, it is also a uh, an Empire guild. So, you know, when I when I make my my Empire tunes, I'm going to be on that other server with that guild as well. Um, if he says no and declines, that might change things. You know, maybe I'll leave that guild. Right now, I only have my one main character in there, and I've been trying them out. They're really nice guys, and I'm really excited where this could go. So we'll see. Um, this is this is the answer we've got so far. We are not actually going to make a guild, though. It's just it's going to be way too much for us, and we want to bring you a quality guild. So I think I found one. I just want to get get the uh, the guildmaster's blessing, and then we'll we'll proceed forward. Uh, Lou, you got anything you want to add to this? Well, I've been looking for one on the Imperial side, mm-hmm. and right now it's been pretty rough. I mean, there are so many out there. They all have some great things to offer. A lot of social guilds, a lot of casual guilds. You know, some are half and half. In terms of, yeah, they do PvE, but they also like doing PvP. Um, but I've been looking around, and the past week or so has been kind of rough actually trying to talk to people. Because since I've been leveling up my Sorcerer, and getting to the deals, I really haven't paid attention to looking for a guild. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so focused on just unlocking the dailies first. Then I realize, oh, oh crap, I should start looking for a home. But uh, as of now, there's nothing out there. 
I mean, I do have. Uh, <laughs> you make it sound yeah. like you make it sound like you and all your alts are walking around the you know the streets of a big city with uh, boxes over your heads, <laughs> looking for a home. <laughs> and the signs are looking for guild. <laughs> looking for a social guild to have fun. Someone group up with me. <laughs> oh, but it's crazy. I mean, you know, and that's, and that's such an ironic image, considering that uh, you know, peak times in our server. You'll see at least two instances of both fleets, at the minimum. You know, yeah. logging in at eight o'clock at night, Eastern Time, and I love that. Holy crap! There's two instances of the fleet for the Republic. Flip over to Empire side. My God, there's two instances of the Republic and the Empire. What's go- this? Is insane. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> there's people here. <laughs> there's people, and I they're still General here. <laughs> I can't stand General Chat. There's so many things. I I'm turning it off. <laughs> There's so much traffic going on. I had to shut it off. So. <laughs> oh, that was another thing I wanted to mention. Um, I, as you were talking about unlocking, I remembered I on my legacy. Uh, I got my legacy up to like uh, level six now. Nice. Yeah, I I actually moved forward with my legacy, and I unlocked the uh, the two skills that give you more experience for. Um, I think it's. For well, yeah, it's it's more experience when you go through flashpoints and and instances, and uh, it's it's one or the other. I don't know if it's if it's. I think it's just flashpoints. It's more experience uh, killing killing mobs in flashpoints, and then I unlock the other one that gives you more experience. Uh, it gives you you know further experience gained going through uh, the space missions. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So now every time I. I do a, a flashpoint. I'm getting I'm getting more experience, and uh, when I do space missions, which are, those are the two things I, I love doing the most. If I'm not questing, um, I'm I'm doing one of those other things. I'm either doing a flashpoint or or the space missions. So I was really uh, I was really excited about doing that. Nice. Yeah, that was a big thing for me. Okay. Um. How about how about some news? Do you want some news? I'd say so. Would I'll you like a little news? <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, stay tuned. The news is coming imminently. Hello, what have we here? Okay, here we go. We are back with the news. So, Lou... Uh, I guess we should address the massive-sized Shamu killer whale in the room. <laughs> hey, I like Shamu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, too. It's a fun show. <laughs> yes, but yes. Our first topic for tonight, yeah. as we've all heard, we all know what's going on, EA and Bioware announced their second round of layoffs over at Bioware Austin. Yes, unfortunately. Um, we just want to say, first of all, okay... Um, our our thoughts are with the uh, the families of those who um, their their family member has just recently been laid off. Um, you know, obviously, this is this is not the time to to be out of work in our country. Um, but you know, there it is. Uh, you know, they are a lot of people have been laid off, and and our you know our sympathies and, and our and our best wishes go go with them. Um. I, I, I certainly have a reaction to this. Um, I would like to start off by saying 
if you heard back a couple episodes ago, we we were expecting this. And judging from from some of the some of the uh, the chatter out there that I've I've seen, which hasn't been a lot, all right, but some people have not been expecting this, but I think more so a lot of people were expecting this to happen. All right. Oh, so uh, Lou, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think people were expecting this or not? Well, I think they were. Um, when they first made the announcement a couple months ago about the layoffs in general, I know when the first round hit, they kind of intimated that there were more layoffs coming in the future, and this is only the beginning. And I know initially, you know, Bioware had to. Uh, pretty much say something on the forums or, or just say, or you know what, just allay people's fears that the game wasn't going anywhere, okay, that there was still stuff to do, plenty of things to do, plenty of things they still wanted to, to you know introduce into the game. But I remember when this first announcement came out months ago, well, a couple months ago, you know, the Doomsayers were everywhere, okay? Doomsayers and Aesayers were, were feeding this like a fire. <laughs> and right. This was no surprise. I mean, they, they said there was a second round coming. They just didn't say when it was coming. And obviously, that's none of our business. All right. It's a corporate decision, you know, and we're not privy to that. So for anyone to expect that, oh, well, we should know. No, you shouldn't know. It's, it's their decision, their business decision that has nothing to do with us. Yes, it affects us, but it has nothing to do with us. And we all know that they were going to do layoffs, and there are more coming. So I don't know about that. I mean, what what exactly is this affecting? I mean, does this does this affect you know how the game is is going to be you know created and and developed? No, I don't think so because none of the devs were laid off. I mean, wasn't right. it a lot of it was a lot of like you know the customer service guys, which that stinks because if you have a problem now you're probably going to expect you know longer longer time waiting well there's nothing really concrete out there because they bioware themselves has not put out any concrete lists as to who actually was laid off Mm -hmm. and we have seen some big names out there uh most notably being rich vogel all right the executive producer for the game right all right now whether or not he was laid off or he left on his own or you know he, he left voluntarily. No one knows. You know right? he hasn't said anything, or I haven't seen anything yet. Whether he's blogged it or, or tweeted something about that to that effect, but no one really knows what's going on as to why he left. Whether it was forced on him, or he left on his own accord, or that's a big thing. I mean, yes. Now, yeah. obviously, that's not you know the game director is Rich Olin, uh, James Olin. Excuse me. <laughs> God, well, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, the game director is James Olin. All right, but but Richard Vogel, he's kind of like, you know, number two in this whole grand scheme of SWOTOR, isn't he? Right. Yeah, in he was one of the main brains. Yeah, behind the game itself. Yeah. That's a big and, thing. Yeah, and for him to leave, yeah, that obviously would cause any sane person to to wake up and, and realize well, what's going on or what happened. Did he, you know, did he did he pee in somebody's cornflakes over electronic arts by mistake? Yeah. You know, so what happened? I was wondering exactly that if he if he had passed water on someone's you know breakfast cereal. <laughs> um, that was what. <laughs> I mean, was it something that drastic? <laughs> My goodness! 
<laughs> did he put vodka in, in the in the punch bowl at the corporate party? Come on, what happened here? <laughs> oh man. Well, here's 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 what I'm what I'm thinking. This is okay. They didn't cut the devs. All right, so. Obviously, this game is is being developed at the same pace it was being developed before these layoffs occurred. So that's that's one thing you can all automatically say for sure. Like, okay, we know that. If, if you were to analyze this, and and let's 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 analyze it, um, they they cut out the customer service a little bit, the the customer service guys, um, and then Rich Vogel, clearly. Just just by knowing those those tiny little pieces, that they're they're going they're re-strategizing, or at least making different strategic decisions. They want to take the game in a different way or slightly different way. Right. You can at least surmise that. Um, maybe maybe just simply making things more efficient. You know, maybe they found a much more efficient way of. You know, maybe not a whole lot of people are calling into the call center anymore with, with problems, um, which you can understand because there's, you know, 400,000 people left the game. So <laughs> I'm, sure <they're, laughs> I'm sure they're probably not experiencing as, as high call volume as they used to. So they, they could be, you know, tightening up the belt a little bit, hunkering down and, and look, at the end of the day, all right, I said this in the last one and I'm, I'm going to say this again. This, this doesn't affect the way you play. This doesn't affect the way this game will be will be developed. All right. What what what's going to happen is there. It looks to me, and this is all me. All right. Maybe I'm wrong, and you can tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. Um, it looks to me like what they're doing is they're they're trying to get their ducks in a row, re-strategize a little bit, and start pushing out more content and in a much more efficient, cost-effective business manner. And honestly, I think this is somewhat representative of them making the mental steps they need to make in order to come out with a free-to-play model of some sort. True. And has been suggested in the past, in the past couple weeks, ever since the layoffs were first announced, obviously the overhead you need to actually create <clears throat> and produce and release a game you know, it's not the same as actually now that the you know it's up and running. You, you no longer need that overhead, or as much as that overhead, right? In the past, so we could see this as a corporate move, saying, "All right, before you needed the workforce of six hundred because you were building this baby from scratch. Well, now that it's up and running, it's got a life of its own. Now you only need four hundred, okay?" And unfortunately, yeah, it does suck that people have to be laid off or reshuffled or what have you. But as a business decision, yes, this makes sense. And if they don't need that that much staff anymore, then obviously, yeah, they have to let them go. But Bioware has assured us in the past, ever since these uh, layoffs were first announced, that it's uh, just as Barwin said, it's not going to affect your gameplay. It's not going to affect your game content because they already have all that laid out. Okay, all this. Uh, the stuff for this year has already been planned out, fleshed out. Okay, for the most part, if we take them by the word, has already been created. Okay, it just needs probably needs to go out there uh, and finalized in house and 
in Bioware's house, okay, then released on their own internal test servers, and then gradually released to the player test server. All right? And I remember that's one of the first things they said to help calm down everyone's fears, that no, game content is there. Okay, the stuff that they want to pop out this year has already been done. Okay? Mm-hmm. Done or it's in its final stages, they just need to put it out there, you know, for testing. So... Again, you know, unfortunately it happens, but, you know, we really shouldn't, I guess, uh, be too scared about how the game is going to be, you know, if you believe the, the doomsayers, oh, it's going to go away. No, it's not going to go away. No, it's not going away. <laughs> it's not going away. <laughs> That's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. You know, I, I mean, there's there's a ton of MMOs out there that have gone free to play after being subscription-based for many, many years. And they're still around, all right. Even if they have a a niche market, you know. I mean, yeah. look. All right, let's face it. Tor decided to go go to toe to toe with with WoW. Okay, they said we're going tour to tour with WoW, and we want the crown in the MMO market. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It could have happened, but it didn't. And there you go. That's just the end of it. All right. So now now you're in you're in a you're in a, in a whole new world. Okay, and, and stop singing, Liz, because I know you are. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a brand new world over here in in Tor, and that is the idea that you are you are enjoying a game that millions of people enjoy, but doesn't have and will not have the number one MMO crown. Okay, so it's it's kind of like it's it's been time to and I'm sure a lot of people have already moved on from that thought all right it's just not it's not gonna happen um right. and there's nothing wrong with that it's just you know it's it's just another MMO and it's it's the Star Wars MMO um and that's 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 it you know <laughs> it's not going away though just because it's it, it's in quotes possibly a niche game if that even can be said at this point which I, I doubt all right it's it's very prevalent on the market. Um, that doesn't mean it's a bad game. Not at all. Chatroom's got a question. I want to address it. Um, Brokes in the chatroom says, How mad would you guys be if you paid all the full price and subscription just for this game to become free-to-play? What do you say to that, Lou? Well, I'm not going to lie. I would be mad initially. But then again, I'd realize, okay, if this is a business model they need to ensure that Star Wars, the Old Republic stays up and running, stays out there, then I'm all for it. Okay? Um, playing MMOs for a long time and seeing other MMOs that, are, that have both models in place, whether it's the full paid subscription or the free to play model. Alright, for example, I've played, you know, along Barwin as well, we've played DDL online, Dungeons and Dragons online, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings online. Okay? Um, request two, all right, and so on. Uh, I remember back in the day when back in the Dungeons day, Dragons, <laughs> back in the day, I remember when <laughs> back when Dungeons and Dragons Online first came out, all those years ago. All right, I paid, I subscribed to DDO for a year, and I enjoyed it. Same thing with Lord of the Rings Online. You know, I actually. You know, I picked it up when it came out, full subscribe member, and I enjoy the game. Okay, I don't, I haven't played it in a long time, but I know I can go back there 
Lord of the Rings Online has a lot of great things, you know, that pull me back to that universe and play. Come on, it's Tolkien. Yeah, I I love I love DDO and Lotro. By the way, I yeah. I love them. Those are great games. I mean, DDO for me is a great compromise between pen and paper, Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. and trying to bring it to life on the MMO world. Oh yeah. Okay. A doubt. Same thing with Star Wars: The Old Republic. You know, I think the game can do well with both models. All right, as long as they don't go, as some MMOs have gone, free-to-play MMOs, pay to win. Yeah. I have to yeah. say, it for me, it depends on the business model that they adopt for the free-to-play thing. Um, if it's if it's like if it's like the business model, the, the free-to-play model I see in, in EverQuest 2, um, I'm, I'm cool with it. To be honest, because I'm I'm still going to be subscribed to it and have the entire game open up to me, and if I want to, you know, um, instead of farming credits to purchase you know some vanity items, I can go ahead and and just buy outright with real money vanity items. I'm cool with it. I am totally cool with that. No no big deal. You know, I'll spend I'll spend twenty dollars to to buy. I don't know Sony credits, um, and then hit hit up the hit up the marketplace and just you know buy buy vanity items for my character. You know if Bioware came out with uh, bio credits, uh, I would I would sink twenty dollars, buy up a bunch of bio credits, and go out there and get you know uh, new new armor skins, new uh, new crystals, uh, you know color crystals, stuff like that. You know I, I would get an. Alistair Target Dummy. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, oh let's go to the chat room. Oops. I, I, <laughs> you can't even you can't you can't call out Alistair like that. He Alistair, I love Alistair. He he was my favorite. My favorite Bioware character was uh Carthonassi from the original Knights of the Old Republic until Alistair. And then Alistair was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> And to this day, I still love Alistair. Well, he's voiced by Tim Curry. How can he not be awesome, though? <laughs> okay, um, so so there you have it. There's there's our our first headline. All right, unfortunately, um, there are more layoffs um, that have hit, and um, there there you go. All right, I mean, I, it's not affecting my gameplay. I'm, uh, I wouldn't let let it affect your gameplay. Do I think more are are coming? I, you know what? At this point, I I don't expect more to come. Unless they release some kind of information that even more people have dropped off. You know, in in the fall at the end of this business quarter, I wouldn't expect more people to to get laid off. But that's me. I I could be wrong. You know, I don't I don't work for BioWare. Um, so, and I certainly don't work for EA. So we'll see. What do you think, Lou? Do you think there's more coming down the road? I think there may be more, but not as on the scales we've seen the past these past two. Yeah. Um, I think right now it just might be the the next hard look, uh, the the nitpick, the you know what? Maybe these two or three in this department have got to go, or these four in this place have got to go. You know, and then reshuffle the responsibilities. Amongst the remaining staff, mm-hmm. so do we want to do we want to read out this quote that we got here? Sure, I, I think it'd be nice to, to end it to, this is a way because this is officially from EA and Bioware. Okay, so, so go, let's go for it. Go ahead. 
All right, and this is from EA and Bioware. This is one of the, this is their statement. Quote, as we announced in May and detailed at E3, the Bioware Austin team is refining Star Wars The Republic to continue to grow the name and the service. As the launch of any MMO, the size and skill set of the teams needed to maintain the game is different than the ones that built it. Starting in May, there have been staff reductions in the Bioware Austin studio. So people have been platooned to other projects at Bioware Austin and EA Sports Austin. Others have been released. Qualifying personnel received severance and outplacement assistance. Bioware Austin is currently staffed to ensure the continued delivery of new, high-quality game content for the Old Republic and at a more frequent cadence. In the weeks ahead, we will announce plans for growing the Old Republic with new content, new players, and new ways to play. End quote. What do you think? Do you think this is bull? Right, let's 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 cut to it. All right, is this is this bull? Is this a bunch of malarkey? I don't think it's bull. I, I think, you know, coming from them, this is their way of saying whether or not they have more reductions planned for the future. They're pretty much still on the player base. Don't worry about it because you're still set. <laughs> the content's there. We're developing it. Right. Clearly, because they haven't gotten rid of any of their any of their devs, so clearly that is the case. They're still on schedule. Okay, um, let's let's get on to our next one here. Uh, we got scheduled maintenance for July twenty fourth, twenty twelve. All right, that starts at two a.m. Central Standard Time. Expected to be at least four hours. That was yesterday, and but here are the patch notes for what happened today this morning. Mm hmm. Oh, really quickly. Forgive my Uh, tense. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I should have adjusted that in our notes. (laughs) That's all right. Um, Well, yeah, what's what's the big stuff in here, Lou? Uh, Because I I have no idea about this, uh, unfortunately. I didn't even download it yet. So what what do we got here? The the general one here, all right, players can now use vehicles on Coruscant in the large areas of the Black Sun, Old Galactic Market, the Works, and the Jedi Temple Districts. Oh, that's that's nice. Finally. I'm in an open area, but it's telling me I can't because I'm in a zone instance. What? What? <laughs> but I'm outside zone. <laughs> Thank God for that. Because that, that's so. I mean, you know, I didn't mind that, to be honest, because when I'm there, I'm of level and I want to kill as much things as I possibly can for the XP. But, you know, it is coming time for me to start doing my Datacron farming, which I like to hold off till, till end game anyway for my character. Just because, right. you know. I guess I'm that way. I, <laughs> I don't well, know. easier because, wait, if you're 50, going back to get the Datacron is easier because you can pretty much kill anything in your way. Pretty much. Get so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, so you know, I, you know, this this to me is is going to be is going to be functional because I could just hop on my speeder and just you know speed around. Mm-hmm. Uh, classes in combat, general all class stun breaks ability now properly remove blind effects. Okay. Uh, let's let's go down here, um, Lou. Point point me in the right direction. Where 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 else should we be here for this? Ooh, crew skills. Okay, crew skills. General. General. Okay, the crafting UI now correctly takes companion affection and other factors into account when displaying mission times. Remember that was one of the you know great benefits of having high companion affection and presence. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it would affect how long it would take your companions to do perform certain missions. You know, some were crucial in terms of if you were a, a high level car- uh, crafter. You know, they could be gone for several hours. Okay, and for the game not to properly recognize the fact that you've maxed out affection 
and you've got all you should have unlocked all the benefits of crafting for that particular companion because remember all the companions contribute different uh, uh, bonuses right. for each of the uh, crafting abilities so you know for that not to be properly reflected yeah that could be a problem <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah extreme the crafters put all that effort into maxing out affection and you know max out the gathering skills and realize you know that, that really should take only five hours why are they gone for nine <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah that 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 make a big difference yeah big big difference there uh, Flashpoint, the S-List, uh, hard mode, Vox and range timer has been increased to three minutes. So if you're doing hard mode, guys, be aware of that. Vox, his in range timer has now been increased to three minutes. <laughs> also, the damage for his da- double saber toss and lightning storm has been reduced. Time between the target appearing and damage for lightning storm occurring has been increased. Um... Operations, the Eternity Vault, so is Orbs, his lightning... Light, really? <laughs> okay. I it's just a bolt of lightning. Yeah. But, all right, we'll go with lightning balls. We'll push through, <laughs> we'll push through this speech a little bit. Uh, so is Orbs and lightning balls. Are, <laughs> and mind traps no longer grant social points. <laughs> Why were they granting social points? I don't even know. Uh, some new tweaks and fixes for the group finder. All right, simultaneously submitted votes to kick a player are now corrected. Are now counted correctly. Uh, lockout info now continues to display after closing the group finder pop up. The group finder group ex- ex- acceptance dialog now causes the main group finder window to close. Uh, travel dialogue now closes automatically if it is open when you leave the group. All this is just very, very interesting indeed. (laughs) There you go. Uh, we got bottom here. The tooltip on the group finder button now correctly reflects whether a group is eligible to find a replacement player. Okay. All right. Is there anything else we're missing here, Lou? Uh, let's see. We can just, oh... Let's mention really quick the PvP ones. Okay. For the PvPers out there, in general, an issue that can prevent some players from being displayed in the Warzone group frames has been corrected. Players no longer receive an incorrect you have been queued for solo Warzones message when being queued for a group Warzone <laughs> while in a loading screen. That's frustrating. And, yes, and the Warzone scorecard now correctly tracks the number of kills. In some instances previously, it displayed a lower number than were actually performed. Right. And yeah, this, that's key. <laughs> this gives me the perfect exa- uh, the perfect ex- excuse to say I'm better in PvP than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, what we got? Number three, class feedback request from Allison Berryman. This is this is this is not attached to I'm sorry, I, I screwed all that up. This is not attached to our our notes on the the uh, the patch. This is headline number three. Okay, class feedback request from Allison Berryman. Alright, on July sixteenth, Allison posted a class feedback thread on all sixteen advanced class boards in the Tor forums. Alright, here are the two questions that we'd like to ask. Right, please only post about specific specs that you actively play and don't forget to tell us which one you're talking about. So number one, we'll start this off. All right. How do you think your advanced class spec is perceived by other classes? And two, how do you perceive your own spec? 
So, Lou, um... Yeah, this was... Again, uh, Bioware is reaching out to the player base. Right. Because we all know that changes, class balances, you know, are, are part and parcel for any MMO. Yeah, eventually it has to happen. And Bioware has made some decisions over the past few months <laughs> that have invariably affected certain, you know, affected classes, whether for good or for bad. Okay. But now I believe this is the first time they actively have said to the player base, "Hey, <laughs> here are two questions. What do you think is going on with your class? Okay, and what do you think of your own uh, advanced class? I should say. Now I, I want to point out though on the forum threads for this. Okay, she made it very clear that no one's here to debate opinion. Okay, it is not a." a Sorry for lack of a better phrase, a pissing contest between which is a better spec. It's no one's opinion is right, no one's opinion is wrong. This is everyone's own perception on these two questions. You know, um, I just want to ask. Uh, this uh, doesn't sound like a headline, does it? Mm. Was it? Is this? Is this a news item? This is a news item. Yeah, it was actually as part of their. Uh, it was on there very briefly. Okay. On their site, and then she just—they just moved it. They, they took it off, but they moved the question to each of the boards. <laughs> okay. It's actually a sticky, and now it's a sticky on each advanced class to, uh, advanced class forum. All right. So what what came what came out of what came out of all that? Like <laughs> nothing. It's still ongoing. It's still ongoing. It's still ongoing. They they want as much feedback as possible from the player base. Right. Okay. So, so, so we're looking for feedback. We're, uh, that's basically uh, what's what's going on here. They they want they want to they want your your feedback. They're requesting for your feedback on on the you, how you feel about your advanced class and how you how do you perceive your own spec. That's really what what uh, the Bioware uh, people are are looking for on this. Right, right. You know, instead of open, you know, instead of submitting a ticket. You know, they want people to actively post on the forums openly mm-hmm. as to what they think is going on with the class. Okay. I, you know what? I like that. I like the fact that they're doing that. Um, you know, so often you, you hear of just, you know, an MMO company going a certain way with a class, everyone yelling about it, and then they go either the opposite way or they tweak things to make those people happy. And uh, it cre- it creates this weird you know relationship where the company does something, people get angry, and then they try and fix it. Right now, you could call it either an ingenious or a lazy way out. Um, take your pick, because really what they're doing is they're trying to like negate all of that that nonsense, and they're saying, "What do you want?" <laughs> or, or at least, you know, h- how do you think your advanced spec, your advanced class, is perceived by the classes? You know, a, a great case in point would be uh, the Imperial Operative. Right. Did, uh, that okay. was my next question. Did you go on there and was like, by the way, I'm a crap healer? <laughs> no, no, not yet. End no, of I'm transmission? I'm trying to formulate my arguments. <laughs> or my, 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 trying to pretty much uh, put my thoughts on paper so I could translate that to the forums. But, uh, you know, again, we'll go back to what we discussed earlier on in the podcast in terms of, you know, the, the, the Operative versus the Sorcerer Healer. Okay. 
if we go with healing specs, we're not talking DPS specs here. Okay, healing spec. All right, the sorcerer is perceived to be more efficient at healing. Right. Okay, they got they have a lot more utility, a lot more things to the table that the operative doesn't. Okay, respect for healing. Right. So, you know that that's one thing. I, I, this is something they're looking for. Okay, this kind of feedback. Okay, and how other operative, like for example, as an operative myself, how would I perceive my own spec? Well, my spec could use some love. You know, it, it was nerfed pretty much to the ground, but that's just my opinion. So, all right, there's a, a classic, there's a thread on the Imperial Operative Forum, okay, that's literally called Teams of Stunlocking Operatives, all right, and this is based off of one of George Zola's <laughs> famous quotes, basically accusing, uh, you know, teams of stunlocking operatives. How dare you? Was gameplay. How dare okay? you? <laughs> and which is why the op- operatives got the nerf bat months and months ago. <laughs> right. The huge one. Huge ones. From them because of that. And, you know, unfortunately, George Ola is not gone. Wish him well. But, you know, this is the kind of thing that, can, you know, the decisions based on that quote alone, okay, are pretty much why, <laughs> you know, you don't see many operatives out there. Right. I mean, yeah, they're making a resurgence. But let's ask them what spec they are. They're probably they're probably DPS. Yeah. But even that's taking a hit. Oof. Okay. So seems like there's no quarter for for those poor right. operatives. Yeah. If you're an operative who's you know spec lethality, yeah, you're taking a hit. <laughs> so you know, there's no end to it. All right. So so basically, they're tossing out that question: How do you perceive their class? Um, this is the thing they can you know people out there can go to the uh, the forums right and just and just yes. uh, you know give in their their two cents. Awesome. Okay. And all they ask is to be respectful, and to be mindful right. that everyone's posting their opinions. You know, in my opinion, in my thing, I don't really care how long you're playing. You know, I'm posting what I believe. This is what they're asking for. Right. I don't care what you think I should be thinking. No, I don't give a rat's ass what you think. None of none of our listeners are are going to post on these forums anything obnoxious at all whatsoever. Our listeners. All they're asking for is honest feedback. They're asking everyone's opinion. No one's opinion is right or wrong. Just post it. Yeah, just and be respectful. Be respectful, and if you, you actually start going, actually they said that if you go and start debating other people's opinions on there, you're going to get locked. <laughs> oh, really? They don't even want yeah. that. Yeah, they're going to remove your post. Oh, and wow! If you keep it up; they may ban you. Okay. So. All right. So, uh, all right. So, going forward, what do we got here? The next one, um, July 18th, lead designer Daniel Erickson sat down with Digital Trends for an interview about Tor to discuss game update 1.3 allies and future updates for the game. All right, essentially Daniel Erickson reiterated what we already know. Okay, the upcoming planet of McKeb, right, raising the level cap to some non-disclosed number, Hut Cartel's prim- primary focus interwoven with new content of McKeb. All right, Daniel Erickson also relayed the interaction between BioWare and LucasArts to ensure quality and fit of BioWare's Tor content into the Star Wars Expanded Universe. All right, he also discussed how the idea of introducing the... Okay, Lou, you can read that off. <laughs> oh, the Yu Zhang Vong. Yu Zhang Vong! <laughs> <laughs> the Yu Zhang Vong to Tor Universe was not considered. Yu Zhang Vong. It sounds like a... Uh, it sounds like an Asian river. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you need to go to the hospital for this one. No. <laughs> Galactic STD. <laughs> oh my! All right, so he he discussed the idea of introducing the uh, the Yu Zhang Vong to to the Tor universe was not considered. What's a Yu Zhang Vong, and why should I care about that? 
All right. If you're a, a fan that reads the EU, all right, the Expanded Universe, Expanded Universe of Star Wars, the stuff that happens after Jedi, okay, all the novels that are out there. Not the European Union? No. Okay. New, 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 new. Not that. <laughs> Not that EU. <laughs> the Yuzhang Vong were an extra galactic species. Okay, they came from outside the galaxy and invaded the Star Wars galaxy. Okay, and it was a long and costly war. All right, they pretty much decimated uh, a huge portion of the galaxy, okay? Where, again, you had the Republic, the Republic and the Empire forming an alliance, all right, to take the, the, these invaders on. All right, because they were pretty much, they were, they were pretty badass species. Um, if you remember from KOTOR, all right, there's a very, very small side conversation you can have with Jolie Bindo, all right, on board the Evan Hawk, when he mentions that he and if he was friends had discovered something floating in an asteroid belt, okay, that was covered in ice. And, uh, after it takes some blaster fire, because they were in a fight, you know, they were in a firefight, space firefight. Right. All right. This thing thawed off, thawed out. All right. And they realized that it was an organic ship. Interesting. All right. That, yes. An organic ship. Organic ship. Yes. That belched out some sort of, Ew. yeah, liquid stuff, whatever that, that destroyed, that, you know, pretty much went through shields and melted armor, kind of like what you see with alien. Okay. <laughs> But it sped off into uh, to the edge of the galaxy where they lost it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, uh, that ties into them being introduced, uh, you know, several thousand years later in the EU books. All right, when the Yuzhang Vong are brought in, they actually invade from outside. Okay. And the thing is, though, it, this is one of the few, spe- uh, the one species whose technology, yeah, it's organic. Kind of like if you watch, I've watched Babylon Five. Okay, the uh, oh gosh, um, that's the one species. Babylon Five. Yeah, with the living ships. Um, <laughs> I got nothing ah. for you. <laughs> I, I never watched that show at all. <laughs> yeah, so. the one ambassador, that huge spacesuit. What was his name? Oh my gosh, Ambassador Kosh. Okay, it's okay, it's, Lou. You don't, you don't. You, it's okay if there's one thing that you didn't quite remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Um, so these, the the Yuzhang Vong are are basically not not really attached to, you know, the the Tor universe here at all. It's it's much further in in the future, correct? Yes. Okay. They, miss, they, they help bring it in, introduce it in Kotor, but it's not fully realized. Do you read the EU books with the Yuzhang Vong War? Okay. Uh-huh. And the reason why they're so important, why a lot of people like them, is because they were an organic technology. All right, their weapons, their armor, their ships were alive. They were organic things that could be grown and had minds of their own. Okay. Um, I'm getting a Borg feeling off that. A what feeling? A Borg. <laughs> the Borg from Star And I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry if I'm throwing in a little Star Trek in your in your Swotor, guys, but I'm <laughs> getting a Borg feeling. I don't know who begot what here, okay? But <laughs> just saying, like, little, I feel a little Borgish here <laughs> off this whole yeah. thing. A lot of their weapons, uh, especially the, the warriors, they had. Uh, these living snakes, serpents on them, okay, that could form uh, staves or a fighting staff, mm-hmm. okay, fighting pole, okay? And the great thing that shocked a lot of people, especially when you first read the books, is that, all right, there are uh, lots of times their armor initially and their weapons 
could stop a lightsaber cold. Oh, okay. So that would definitely be yeah. If we can, if you can introduce the Yuzhang Vong into into this into this game, that would definitely add in, um, you know, a workable you know uh, race, and certainly you know fighting against with a with a lightsaber would would uh, would be very interesting to see as well. It would, but it, it can be overpowering too because uh, the the New Republic and the Empire, the galaxy in general, took a beating. Yeah, uh, from the species because they were so different. So basically, what 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 uh, Daniel Erickson's saying is that's that's not even it's not a thought. It's not going to happen. No, okay. no, because it, 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 like I said, the interaction between Lucas Arts and themselves, yeah, it doesn't fit. They they allow them to introduce it in Kotor, but they're not you know they're not going to use it because that's part of the EU. All right, so it's the stuff that happens after Jedi. It doesn't belong in the time frame of the Old Republic. Okay. At this point in time, um, Daniel Erickson also gave a little background of the HK series and introducing HK fifty one to the tour world, uh, and he discussed the free to fifteen initiative. Are we calling? Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> free to fifteen uh, initiative. No, that's, what they, that's what they're calling it. That's what they call it on the uh, yeah, yeah, website. yeah. I, I, I assumed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now underway in tour and how they and how they Bioware uh, look look to it uh, for future growth possibilities. All right, they didn't say much, however, about global events, only hinted at more to come in the future. Yes, when he was asked about that, he pointedly slightly evaded the question, saying, well, I'm not going to discuss right now, but do realize that we have them out there. They're, they're out there. They do have things planned. And actually, a couple of threads in the forums do point that they noticed things on the fleet that weren't there before. And they've been there for weeks. And there, people are postulating maybe these are placeholders for when these events do go live. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. I mean, I haven't noticed anything new, but I'm very rarely over at the fleet. I'm usually, uh, well, lately I've been on Corellia just kind of, you know, derping around over there trying to do class quests and, and, and whatnot. And so I'm not there. All right, um, we we got a we got a very controversial discussion topic here in our in, our, in the dark council coming up. Um, stay tuned. All right, we we really want to go through this with you, um, and it has nothing to do with the Yuzhang Vong. I can I can say that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Dark council coming up next. All right, here we are. We are back with the Dark Council, and like I said before, we we have um, we have a topic that we want to talk about. It's a little controversial. Um, there's many different angles that that we can. We can talk on this, but there's there is a certain way we want to we want to go with this discussion. Um, all right, Lou, why don't you introduce the topic to us, and then let's just start kind of like getting through it a little bit. All right, okay. For this week's Dark Council, here we go. All right, in some of Bioware's games throughout the history, the main character, you, 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 and you too, Liz, you always <laughs> had the option to engage in what is now labeled same gender romance arcs or the SGRAs on the tour forums. In other words, you could have same-sex romances with one of your companions you acquired through your storyline. Right, and a couple of questions I want to put out there. 
for everyone. Just them all over their heads, okay? First of all being, do you think that these were omitted intentionally by Bioware so as not to offend potential customers? Number two, is this storyline feature necessary if Bioware wishes to further improve on the quality of life issues they've been fixing over the past few weeks? And three, do you think the ESRB would impose an M rating on SWOTOR if these storylines were included within the game as further content updates? Okay. Um, one quick note about about gay rights. Um, if you're of our generation, and our generation being, you know, from the age of 40 to, you know, uh, as young as you can be contemplating gay rights, which, you know, 15, 12, probably not 12, but... But you know, around thirteen to fifteen, um, I'm sure this this topic is is kind of you know prevalent in that age group. Um, you're you're either for it, against it, or somewhat conflicted. And and um, conflicted meaning that if you had the kind of upbringing that I had, which is you know semi-religious, um, whether you you grew up Catholic or you grew up you know Jewish or 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 uh, Muslim. Um, which are the the big three religions out there? All right. Um, th- this idea, and certainly there's there's many other religions out there that have this same idea about about same sex uh, relationships, same gender romances. All right. The major religions of this world in our societies, which we built our societies around, more than just frown upon this sort of thing. Okay. Um, now, obviously, we all know that. And and it's it's quite the hot topic in our in our society these days. Um, you can, like I said, you could be for it against it. Most of most of us in the in the gaming world, okay, we don't when we play games we don't approach these things because we all feel differently, and and we all have input, and we're really just there to play a game. So why bother talking about this? Um, but every now and again, and especially this one thing, we get a little politics in our video gaming, and. It's a social issue, and these are social games, so it crops up. And you know what? Maybe it should, because you know, damn it all, we got to be talking about this stuff. Because how are we going to get along as a society if we don't solve some of these social problems, um, or or social debates? I should say, I, you know, how do you figure this out? And and the the fact of the matter is, um, our our age group is is very conflicted. You know, how do you reconcile things that, you know, themes that you, you've always grown up with, with other things that, you know, we know we have, we have gay friends or, or we might be gay. How do you, how do you reconcile with, with what you've been brought up with to what you kind of feel is either the right thing to do or our country should give people who who are homosexual there are rights they're just do rights and how does that translate into video gaming and bioware here has is on one of those companies where this is something an issue they've always brought in front of gamers because they know that there are plenty of gamers out there who have feelings for the same gender who who are in fact gay and they want to bring entertainment 
that they can connect with on, you know, on, on a level they can connect with. Not everyone in this world is straight. So how do you do that and right. not offend? Right. You know, and I think they've done it very well, very tastefully, respectfully, you know, in the course of history. Let's take, for example, Dragon Age 1, Dragon Age Origins. Right. Okay. If you're playing a male character, I believe you can, uh, you can romance uh, Zevron. Okay. Uh, the elf. Uh, the elf archer, I believe. Okay. If you're a female character, you can, uh, I believe you can, uh, have a romance with Liliana. Yeah. So. And, and let me just say, no matter what gender I, I created on, on that game, I was romancing Liliana one way or the other. <laughs> I adored her. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is, this, everyone was kind of like, you know, a little dumbfounded that, you know, this is in Bioware's history, so so what's the reasoning for it being left out? And and, when, and the reason why we're bringing this up, because it does kind of feel like an old issue for some, for some people, is it's been making its way known on the forums and in the tour community yet again it's it's been kind of like cropping back up um and and uh we've been noticing it you know kind of seeping its way back into the forefront of discussion so we want to address it, and that's really the catalyst for for bringing this onto the show today so our first question is do you think that these were intentionally omitted by bioware as not to offend potential customers me i don't think so I, I think offending potential customers by leaving out this this social issue, this social feature in in tour, I I think was a concern, but I don't think it was as big of a concern as it feels like it probably should have been for them. What do you think, Lou? Yeah, I don't think they were intentionally omitted. I really think that uh, these storylines in themselves are huge. They're they're just massive. Oh, I think right? they were intentionally omitted. I just don't think they had um, p- offending people in in mind or really like their main drive. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I I think I I think that they were dropped in favor of you know just getting the the. I guess just getting the heterosexual romances out of the way because it was easier, or easier, or, or they already had the storylines written out for, you know, the the I guess the heterosexual approach to the romance options in the game. Yeah. Okay. Now we introduce the same gender romance arcs. Okay. Now you've got to also relate to, you know, having these characters again go through an entirely different skew of lines, reactions, and so forth. That quite possibly could have been immense. All right, yeah. uh, that would have been more development time, more recording yeah. time, and so forth. And I think Bioware may have just made the decision. You know what? Let's drop that for now because you know we can ship the game out because we have this in place. Okay, and, and Bioware's never said that they that they were opposed to it. You know, they've said that you know it's something that that they are looking into. Again, what their trademark famous phrase is. Yeah, but they never outright said no. They're not doing it. They're not considering it. I think this has everything to do with the rating. To be a hundred percent honest with you, and and here's here's the thing. I think this game, if it were I t- right now as it stands, it's rated T, correct? T for teen. Yes, T for teen. <laughs> T for teen. <laughs> um, I think 
it right now as it stands, um, being completely you know uh, in a heterosexual universe far far away, um, <laughs> I think it is kept at T. At the rating is going to be T. If they bring in all right these these same gender romances, that is going to bump the game up to an M rating. All right, now I've got right. the ESRB uh, webpage up. All right, and what what makes a a uh, an M rating? It says right here: titles rated M have content that may be suitable for persons ages seventeen and older. Titles in this category may contain intense violence, blood and gore, sexual content, and or strong language. Now, if you scroll down here, what's the definition the ESRB assigns to sexual content? It is this. This is their definition. Non-explicit depictions of sexual behavior, possibly including partial nudity. Also, sexual themes. References to sex or sexuality. So, any kind of overt sexual tone, whether it involves outright bumping and grinding, or having a relationship with a same-gender partner... Okay, which is a highly controversial topic, is going to bump this up to an M rating. Right. All right. Now, good, bad, or indifferent, okay, that's just kind of like the fact of the matter. All right. No, that's just the way it is for now. That's the way this is all being defined. And for those of you out there that, that disagree with it, you know, you can, you know, lobby and, and protest and, and write your senators and write your congressmen and, and try and, you know, get the social gears moving and, and, you know, increase social awareness. For those of you who are against it, obviously the, the same applies. Um, but the fact of the matter is right now the ESRB uh, bumps up the rating to M. Okay, that's just a, a business and that's just a business decision. Why, why are they afraid of bumping it up to M? Because... T- Kids play this game. Parents who buy this game for their kids, they look at the rating. It, most of the time. Some, some of the time. <laughs> some of the time. Let's not say most of the time, okay? That might be getting better, by the way. I, I'm not 100% sure. But if if you are aware that these games have ratings and you're wondering, you know, gee, should, you know, 15-year-old, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Adams out over there, uh, should he be playing, you know, Star Wars The Old Republic? And you pick it up and you say T for teen, oh, great. You know, it should be good. But if you pick it up and it says M, now the question comes into my head, should I buy this game for my son or not? Do I want my son to be, you know, or my, my daughter to be um, involving himself in themes that I may not necessarily agree with? Right. And the M rating includes a lot of different things. Not just this idea of, of of sexuality. And that question lingers in a parent's mind. What's in this game that might be mature? You know what? I don't I don't care enough to do the research. I'm just not getting the game. And there you go. You're bioware, you have you have lost money because a parent didn't know precisely what makes your game an M rating. They just know it's an M rating and they put it down and they pick up World of Warcraft. That's just the business model. That, that's it. That's it right there. Why do I... I think I think this 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 tone of, of same-gender romance, this theme of same-gender romance was left out simply because they just didn't want the M rating. 
I mean, to appeal to the broadest player base possible, you have to aim for a teen audience and above. And playing the rating, so to speak, you know, it's something they had to do. I mean, it's unfortunate, and I know there are players asking for it. I mean, as I mentioned before, it's it's in Dragon Age Origins, okay? It's in Game Mass Effect, okay? And these games have the M rates attached to them, okay? Whether or not the parents care or not, or, or you know, if you're a guardian, you know, that's not for us to say, not for anyone to judge. It's just that, you know, this is the, that's the kind of rating that the game would have slapped on it, okay? Mm-hmm. And if they do want to appeal to a broad player base, get as many customers as they can, then yeah, I guess a hard decision has to be made to leave that particular aspect of their, you know, of their gaming out. You know, yes, they have it. They've done it. Okay. You know, who's to say they're not going to do it again in the future games? They probably will. Um, whether or not Bioware takes that route, or I should say Bioware also takes that route for Swotor, who knows? Again, they have never said to anyone, either in print or on the forums or in interviews, that they've outright said no. Well, they're not going to do it. Okay, but it's always something they've kept saying, again, you know, they're looking into it. It's something to look into for the future, but not now. Uh, and it could be, yeah, they could be evading the question, sidestepping it. But I don't really think there's much that the player base can do except keep bringing up every chance they get, especially during the weekly Q&As. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an aspect of the game that players, that some players do want introduced. Okay. Right. It, it's again, we're all role playing a character here. Okay. Uh, you know, for people to say, well, RP, you're not an RP server. You know, when you play a video game, pen and paper game, what are you doing? You're role playing. All right. You created a fictional avatar, whether it's stats on a piece of paper or stats on a computer screen. Right. You are essentially role playing regardless. Dungeons okay, and Dragons kind of, um, tackled this this uh this topic which was very very controversial back in the 60s and that is uh that is the idea of racism which was just as hot of a topic back in the 60s yes. and and their answer was was pretty much um exactly what you're saying right now um <laughs> people would people would say like you know is, is this is this supposed to the, the fact that you can play many different races in your in this game in Dungeons and Dragons is that indicative of of the um, of the the race debate we're having right now? And the answer has always been, look, you're playing a character and you're role playing. You're limited to your imagination, and that's it. Same thing, you know. You're you're limited to your imagination. And that's it. Where, how, however limited your imagination is, or however broad your imagination is, it's a role-playing game. Play your role, whatever role you choose. All right, Lou. I want to ask you one question, and then uh, I'll, you know, I'll give you the final word on this. Um, where do you think they're going with this? Do you think Bioware is going to eventually put put this this um, same gender romance in the game? Hmm. I think, I really think they'd like to, because they've done it in the past. You know, they've introduced that aspect, that part of you know that that gaming aspect in their previous work. You know, and they've, and as I said before, they've done it very well. They've done it very tastefully, very respectfully. 
So I don't think anyone would have an issue with it. The problem is, though, I, I think Bioware just wants to avoid having an M rating imposed on it. Okay, and then having potentially offending parents or groups or, you know, stores literally selling the game. Because right, we all know that there are stores out there that won't sell these types of games. Okay, they won't carry type, you know, controversial products. Right. So, I guess to avoid that, to avoid that possible shortfall, you know, must their customer base. I, I really do think they'd like to, but I think they're possibly sidestepping, and I think they're actually looking into it, see what they can do. You know what I mean? Because, like with anything, there can be lots of gray areas they can introduce into the game. Okay. Now, it doesn't have to be overtly expressed. Okay. Or there are lots of different ways of maybe introducing something like this uh, in a manner that maybe dances or skirts the issue <laughs> of the M rating. Yeah, you know, it's just a ma- it's just a matter of how creative the writers can get in introducing this the uh, SGRAs into the storyline without getting the M rating tag to it. Okay. So, all right. Um. I think I think that was that was handled very well. I think uh, I think you gave in some some very good uh, good thoughts, Lou. Um, I appreciate you bringing up bringing up this topic, and um, I hope the I hope the listeners appreciated it. And uh, we we try to to treat it as as uh, as fairly as factually and as intelligently as possible. Um, I apologize personally if if we've offended you by our topic. I sincerely apologize. I did not ever mean to offend anybody, um, and and uh, but it's something that I think we should bring to the forefront because it's it's a huge topic that that Bioware is considering. It's it's um it's important to the tour community, and as a result, it's important to us. And and uh, no nothing nothing bad can happen if we discuss our feelings about controversial topics. As long as we do it rationally, intelligently, and calmly, and um, most certainly, I'm, I'm willing to come to the table with anybody who feels differently about other issues, and and discuss you know rationally as well. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, we have we have more for the show to go. All right, uh, the Jedi Archives is next with our lore master, and we'll present the Great Jedi Library. So stay tuned. You're about to get a whole lot of information about a place that has a whole lot of information. I think it would be wise if you took advantage of my knowledge in this Welcome back, everyone. Here we are, the Jedi Archives. And Lou, take it away, my friend. Okay, for this week, the Jedi Archive. Our topic is the Great Jedi Library. We should weep for the ancient knowledge lost to time and the hatred of an old enemy. I'm look at you, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Great Jedi Library is also known as the Library of Ossus or as the Great Library of the Jedi. It was a massive library and training ground erected by the Jedi Order on the planet of Ossus, which you play KOTOR, you know, hear about KOTOR 2, hear about it too. <laughs> now, the library was commissioned to be built by Jedi Master Odin Ur following the Great Hyperspace War around 5,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. And it was a Drathos Jedi 
that helped him assemble the ancient documents and scrolls, etc., detailing every little thing they could about sentient history and ingenuity up until that time. All right, so just just to give a little <clears throat> a little clarification on the timeline here, 5000 BBY is about 2000 years before the Old Republic, the first game. That that correct? Roughly uh, yes, cuz it's 3 cuz uh Knights of the Old Republic happens 3000 years before the Battle of Yavin. Yes. Which is episode 4. That is correct, sir. Okay, all right. So just and also to to get this centered in my own head too. So we're talking two thousand years before Knights of the Old Republic. Roughly, yeah. Roughly, okay. All right. So it also became the home of the Order after leaving the homeworld of Tython in the Deep Core. So sad. <laughs> the Great Library became a symbol of the Jedi and the great storehouse of knowledge in the galaxy. Now, over the ensuing centuries, Ossus thrived as the home of Jedi wisdom and it encouraged visitors from across the Galactic Republic to visit and study at the archives. Now, on Ur, he didn't rest with those laurels. He went out and he scoured the galaxy for all attainable knowledge, eventually cataloging you know, what was said to be data on all sentient works in history from the foundation of the Galactic Republic. Now, get I remember, when we reached the point of New Hope, all right. The Republic's been around for over 25,000 years. Now imagine this, you know, this one Jedi and others with him. All right. So helping him collect the amassed knowledge up to that point from the foundation of the Republic onward up to their time frame, particular time frame. All right. So remember, he had other Jedi, he had other historians, archivists, librarians, you know, force sensitive or not, helping him scour the galaxy, you know, joining him in this venture. And contributing the knowledge they gathered and helped store it on Ossus. Over time, this ever-growing collection was home to many artifacts abused with the light side of the Force, which included holocrons of Jedi Masters and ancient weapons, uh, especially with the Jedi and other Force sensitives. But as a historian, Master Odin Ur also understood that it was vital to maintain a comprehensive collection of knowledge. So, what does that mean? To this end, he created what was called the Chamber of Antiquities to house objects and talismans tainted with the dark side of the Force. Now, what's important is that in this series of rooms, the dark holocron was stored there. And like all, all the other things in that one particular chamber, it was accessible only to those with permission from the Jedi How Council and the Key of Antiquities, who was Odin Ur himself. Now, just a little background on the dark holocron. This was the one holocron that, uh, for those who remember, Exar Kun stole from the Jedi. Okay, that helped him grow in power. Okay, remember the holocrons maintain uh, the knowledge that a Sith or Jedi put in there, which can be used to further develop knowledge and train and so on. Now, other Force users from other Force-based religions also frequented the library. Okay, so they studied alongside the Jedi counterparts and other philosophers from around the Republic. It was only rivaled by Oberskai's Celebratus Archive and the Halls of Knowledge at Fatim. But the Great Library was known as the bright center of knowledge of the galaxy for almost a thousand years. Wow. Right? Now just, yeah, just remember, um, 
if you read, especially now with uh, the new Dark Horse series, uh, Dawn of the Jedi, people have to remember the Jedi didn't come up with their philosophies overnight. Okay, look how long it took them to come up just becoming Jedi. All right, becoming the very first Jedi Tython twenty five thousand plus years ago. Right, where you had the first collection of just regular people, scientists, soldiers, or whatever have you, who felt this connection and gathered themselves. Say, what the hell are we feeling? <laughs> what is this? But I digress. But going back, now around 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, now we had the Great Sith War that erupted throughout the galaxy and sadly would see the destruction of the library after Exar Kun, who went in there and corrupted a lot of the young Jedi on this planet and started to ransack all its repositories of knowledge. Now, this is a gradual process. Okay, When the Great Sith War happened, you know, Exar Kun, before he fell to the dark side, you know, would frequent this planet and visit it. And during that time, he would also, you know, feel out the other Jedi on the planet and say, hey, you know, get into these debates, put these little questions in their mind, make them question their beliefs in the foundation of the tenets of the Jedi Order. Okay, and this is enough to push them over the edge and help him take over the planet. Okay, where he and his fellow Sith would now. They also took the ancient weapons stored on this planet and helped unleash their power on the galaxy and the Jedi. Great. Because remember, I just mentioned, yeah, remember they stored a lot of things there. A lot of these were also ancient weapons, whether they were from the Jedi or from the Sith or from Dark Jedi. Okay. Now, a good example is using one of these ancient weapons, the Sith destroyed the stars of the nearby Kron Cluster. All right. And this resulted in the supernova that destroyed the surface of Ossus. Itself, okay, and, and took down, yeah, took countless lives in this world. Okay, so if you notice when you go to Asus in, in the games, okay, I believe it's Kotor, yeah, the planet's it's recovering, all right, but the damage has been done. You can tell something massive happened there. Of course, with anything, there are survivors, and the survivors of the Great Cataclysm, they gathered together and they called themselves the Asana. All right. Now, keeping true to their beliefs in the last set of the Force, they and their descendants over the millennia, they became the sentinels of what remained of the library. But as with anything that comes over time, even they forgot their original purpose, and the library local, you know, just faded into local legend and myth. Okay. However, how does it get lost? I mean, despite its importance, the Jedi seldom sent any teams to go back and salvage and recover what was left in Osis. The ruins were mostly left unexplored, forgotten, and up until the time of the Galactic Empire and the Palpatine, the location was kept secret by a fallen Jedi whose name is Trabjan, and the Asan who were there who lived on the exact location on the library itself. Okay, Now just picture uh, a small Asan tribe that's actually on the library itself, the grounds themselves, they know why it's there for but everyone else, the rest of the Asana, all over the planet, they've forgotten their purpose there, and they forgot the location of the library. Right, just to get paid a better picture of it. It wouldn't be until ten years after the Battle of Yavin that Luke Skywalker and Cam Solasar would travel to Asus to find out the truth behind the legends of the library. They all thought it was a myth. Now, Captain of the Asana... Unfortunately, it happened. You know, remember, they're the Sentinels. They're guarding the uh, library... It wasn't until Luke and Cam actually demonstrated that their light side force users 
the Asana stopped their attack. Okay? They extended the hand of peace, and they actually rejoiced because now, for the first time after countless millennia, the Asana welcomed the Jedi back to their own library. After almost, what, four millennia of being absent. Wow. Right, I think that's, yeah, it's a pretty cool moment. Uh, I remember reading that a long time ago. It's just that, you know, they've been guarding for so long. Uh, yeah, they may have been force sensitive, but, you know, they weren't Jedi. Right. And they knew that this was the, you know, the library of the Jedi. It's like, come on, where, where, are they, where have they gone? Well, now it took those two. Here they are. Now they're back. You can come back here. This is yours. You know, take it. Yeah. <laughs> Please use it. <laughs> We've been guarding it for you for 4,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> However, it, up at the time, with the Yuzhang Vong War, now, I remember earlier on the podcast, remember they, the Yuzhang Vong War was quite extensive. They did a lot of damage throughout the galaxy. Right. And especially back there, uh, back at Asus. Now, after that war had ended, the Galactic Alliance funded the construction of a new Jedi headquarters in Ossus. Now, once that was in place, the Jedi Order, they built themselves a new archives to store what remained of the Great Library and all their hard artifacts, histories, etc., whatever they could find and recover, now had a new home on Ossus. Wow. Quite the story. Yeah, it's actually quite a bit. There's actually a lot more, a lot of fine details, but this is just a general idea, a general... Quick little fact card on Oss itself. Yeah. And it's very prevalent because if anyone's ever played the game, especially the Empire side, okay, if you play the Sith, especially the for the Warrior and uh, the Inquisitor, okay, uh, myself being a historian by, you know, real-life degree, <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of side missions or lots of times involved in the Sith missions where you actually seek to destroy the history of the Jedi and the Republic. Okay, there's actually spoiler alert if you want to hear it. La la, two and a half for the next minute. La 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 la. There is actually a mission on Corellia. Okay, that you can undertake, where you literally are going out to destroy Jedi artifacts, and on Corellia. Okay, there's a, a particular park that's dedicated to the Jedi. For the here's the great hyperspace war, and you're going out there to literally erase the Jedi's memory of that, so they have no record of it ever again. Oh. Right? You're destroying statues, datacrons, that what have you, just to be spiteful. Because tell the Jedi, <laughs> yeah, no. All right, you're denying the Jedi, you're robbing them of their history. Right. Okay, which kind of explains why, with you know the old Republic in terms of the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. You know, even the Jedi don't know a lot of things at that point. You know why? Because the Sith have gone out of the way to destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those those dark side Sith guys. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ever with a grudge. Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, Lou, fa- fantastic. Thank you so much. Just unbelievable stuff. You know, ch- check it out, guys. If, if uh, you, you find this interesting, there's more out there. Go learn about the Jedi, the great Jedi library, and um, more details in that, in your own search uh, to be had. All right. Uh, we also, we got two emails this week that we'd like to, we'd like to kind of like read and, and mull over a little bit. All right. 
And uh, this first one comes from Jeff S. And Jeff says, hey, guys, I'm new to tour. In fact, I haven't even made a tune yet. But I figured I would gather up some podcasts that I can listen to while I'm at work to start to orient myself to the game. I do come from a WoW background, which I played for six years. So I came by your podcast. I will say I was pleasantly surprised. Keep up the great work. I have looked around some websites and read a bit, but none seem to give a clear breakdown of play styles between a couple of classes. I work full-time, kids, and all that comes with real life. My time is limited, especially during the summer months. I have an idea of what I would like to play, but not sure which class fits the mold. In WoW, I played a Death Knight. I really enjoy the DPS role when raiding with my guild. I would play the melee DPS. On the other hand, I like the idea that I could switch into tanking if I were playing in a limited group with my brother and son. I'm assuming the two classes I would be looking at would be a Sith Marauder and a Sith Assassin. Like I said, I've read some sites and it seems like forums get off topic with unhelpful input and does not get down to helpful information. So, what are the two breakdowns between these two classes? Playstyles, pros and cons. Can both do just as much DPS? I know the SWOTOR site says the Assassin is one capable of tanking, but I haven't been able to wrap my head around that yet. And does it hold true in game? I really like the Marauder. I really, I, it really seems like the Marauder would be the tank viable for, uh, of the two. Guess I'm just trying to figure out which one can tank, which one can crank out DPS as a primary and tank as a secondary. Thank you for your time. Keep up the great work, Jeff S. All right, this. This is a great email. Um, there's a whole lot here, and we could we could probably make, you know, a, <laughs> a whole topic about. It. We could talk yeah, for yes, we could. <laughs> an hour on this, <laughs> without a doubt. So, you know, where do you, where do we start? Um, well, it seems like what he's really looking for here is is at the end of the day, he wants to DPS and then be be able to tank, right? And. At the bottom line, Jeff, what you might be looking for is actually yes. Um, if you're looking to both be able to do great melee DPS, but also have the capability to tank, you would be a Sith assassin. Okay, um, the Tor site, the Tor forums, you know, they're called tankisons. Okay, they do have the ability to tank because uh, one of the skill trees actually allows them to do so. Okay, where they can gather up, uh, build themselves up to where they can. They are all able to take take bosses on and hold, and hold them. Um, now, the Marauder, yeah, for DPS, <laughs> the Marauder and the Sentinel are, are amazing at that. Okay, you know the, the Sentinel being the Jedi Knight side, and then the Sith Marauder obviously being the Sith side. Both those classes can put out amazing. Amazing melee DPS. Okay, uh, one of the few things you don't want to see if you're PvPing, if you're not paying attention, is either Marauder or Sentinel coming away, and you uh, don't know what's going on. Okay, because they have the ability to just burst you down so quickly. It's not even funny. <laughs> okay, um, but if you want to tank, I would say definitely look up the Assassin. Okay, definitely go to that class, Advanced Class Forum. Because I know there have been a lot of great uh, men and women who have posted their builds, which are available on the site. You know, they'll provide the links to you. 
in their post saying, you know, this is their build. Okay, they don't give rotations per se because I don't think you know <laughs> the game isn't that hard. We need a set rotation. <laughs> It's not right. that hard to figure out. <laughs> that's yeah, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um but they some will. You know, they'll say, Well, I like to open up this, this, and this, but uh the game is is not that the learning curve isn't that steep. I think you'll put, you'll pick it up very easily. Yeah, yeah especially it's coming rough. from a wild background. Exactly. I mean yeah, it can be rough because you know, some of the mechanics will be familiar, some of them won't. And yeah, people do try to wrap themselves around, still around the concept of how does a light armor wearing character class tank? <laughs> you know, it, it, it can happen. <laughs> it does happen. Uh, this, they have a skill tree that allows them for that. Yeah, it's same evasion. Thing with, yeah, same thing with Jedi Consular. You don't take any damage if the guy can't hit you. Exactly. Okay, and that's one of the main points. The evasion for the assassin is so high, they can avoid most of the stuff. From these, you know, elite mobs, from the bosses. But you can sure as heck bet that when they get hit, yeah, they feel it a lot more than a Guardian or a Juggernaut would. Okay? You know, so imagine if Armin's Jedi Guardian tank, yeah, he gets hit by the massive blow, but guess what? He only takes like 1,200. Whereas you, when you get hit, you're going to feel 5,000 of it. You're like, oh my god. Ow. <laughs> yeah, you're going to drop from 17,000 to 10,000 really quick, whereas if Armin goes like, oh, oh, okay. But he's still got 15,000 HP left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So realize, yeah, you will be a glass cannon. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. You know, the key is not to get hit. <laughs> you're not going to get hit a lot, but when you do, you're definitely going to feel a lot more than the, the, you know, the built strictly you know, tank classes are there for. You know, you're going to feel a lot more. And uh, the other side of it is the, the ideal tank is going to be the uh, the Sith Warrior and the Jedi Guardian. Melee yes. DPS, you know, you're looking at the Sith Marauder and um, the Jedi Sentinel. Right. But if you want to do both roles, and say, I definitely say take a look at uh, the Sith Assassin. And, and conversely, you want to play Republic, you can try it. The Jedi Consular can do it too. Right. I think one of the issues also allows them to tank as well. We should probably say that if you're looking to go from DPS to tank, all right, it's not going to be a one button thing where you switch specs. Okay. You are going to have to uh, go back to your trainer and relearn your 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 talents all over again and, and spec on the on the defense side of, of that class that you chose. They're gonna to have to respec. Right. There's so, no spec option like you, like we were familiar with in, in World of Warcraft, right? Or in other MMOs where it's a simple switch. You know, let's. You know, World of Warcraft has a great system. So does Rift. Let's switch out specs. I mean, at the end of the day, what what I would recommend is you have a, a tune that tanks and a tune that does DPS because they will do those things very very well. I'm very right. leery about a character in this game that that does, you know, that could tank and DPS at the same time, what I think you're going to get is a character that, well, I mean, if you respec, it's it's not going to be watered down tanking or, or DPS one way or the other. It's just you can have to respec a lot, and that's going to cost a lot of money. Right. It will cost a lot of money. Initially, the first one's going to be free, but then the more you do it, the higher the costs get. It'll cap out eventually, but I don't think you want to pay like forty, fifty thousand credits every time you want to respec. Yeah, that's got to be annoying. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that's really our really our recommendation is make two characters. 
One that's going to tank, one that's going to do the damage. But if you really want to stick with, with the one character, that is a way to go. Um, but, you know, be be advised, you are going to be, you know, respecking and you are going to incur a lot of cost. Right. It'll reset. Every week it resets. But again, I don't think by the end of the, by the last two days of the week, you know, you're going to be paying up the, the virtual wazoo to respec every time you want to change. Virtual wazoo. Yeah. <laughs> where, <laughs> where is the wazoo located on the fleet? Where is that? <laughs> I think it's in the VIP lounge. The VIP. Whoa. Oh. Oh, no. As Chris Rock says, there's no wazoo in the VIP lounge. <laughs> All right. Um, email number two from Mike S. After listening to Swotor Reforged episode two, Evarwini, I've, <laughs> I've got to say, I'm offended. Knowing from firsthand cleaning Lord Vader's toilets, I'd say I'm a very important <laughs> member of the fleet. Who else could get this dark matter cleaned up so well? Here's some videos to watch for training. Hope you enjoy as much as I do. Keep up the good work, guys. And as I say to Vader, as he heads up off to the John... May the force be with you. <laughs> Mike, yes. I, I, Mike, thanks for that site, man. That oh my god, those videos may, oh The videos I, that yeah, the videos he posted in here are Space Janitors from Escapist magazine. Really, really well funded. Great great indie uh great indie films. Hysterical. And and honestly, like after episode two or three, you start to feel like you know kind of connected to the characters like you start getting a little invested in the characters (laughs) (laughs) really good stuff escapist magazine space janitors check them out thanks mike (laughs) thanks mike s all right itunes shout outs from america we have d kala thank you very much for your for your five-star review we appreciate it and our final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. All right, Lou, go ahead. What's your final thought for this episode? Wow, we had a lot to talk about today. A lot of good stuff. I just want to reiterate, you know, for those for our topic during the Dark Council, it was not meant to offend anyone, whether pro or con. It was. It is just a topic that I believe... It's prevalent. I mean, it's out in our society today. Okay, it's no longer a hidden thing. All right, it's part and parcel. You know, we see it, and it's something that Bioware has covered in their games, other games. So, you know, let's face it. You know, whether video games are, are a reflection of social issues or help raise social awareness, who's to say? But you know, whether yes or no, you know, our point was not to offend. It was just to bring up awareness on a topic that we know is out there. It's present in our society. You know, let's not ignore it. Let's not hate on it. But as Broadway said, we can talk about things respectfully, calmly, and bring up pros and cons for either side. So take it for what it is. Uh, again, we welcome any feedback on anything. Let us know what you think. Uh, actually, let us know, too, about... Uh, the question that Allison Berryman put out there about the advanced class specs. I would definitely love to hear about that, what, what our listeners believe as to why, what, how they think the class is perceived and what they think about it. So we actually, oh, I'd like to discuss that in detail in some future episode. Without a doubt. Oh, yes, definitely. What about you, Ivarwin? Um, My final thoughts. 
layoffs. Don't feel don't don't feel like your game is tanking, guys. Okay? We we have said this before. We have we we are saying it again and we will always say this. Okay? BioWare is doing and EA is doing what they need to do in order to turn a profit for this game. Okay? They want to earn money. And in order to earn money, they have to cut some people and keep coming out with content. And that is what you and I want. That we want content and they're going to deliver it. Now, whether you're the only kid on the block playing Star Wars the the Old Republic or you're the millionth kid on your block playing Star Wars the Old Republic, it really doesn't matter. What matters is if you're having fun. None of this none of this nonsense about people getting fired, stock prices dropping, you know, some some arrogant SOB from, you know, some other, you know, podcast or or uh, other, you know, uh, gaming network, you know, sounding off about, ah, the game is dead, it's dying, and th- enough with that, okay? Like I said earlier when this issue came up, bef- when the summer began, back off. This is my game. I'm having fun with it. Go play something else. There's other games out there. You know, uh, if you're having fun with it, have fun with it. Enjoy it. It's here. It's only going to get better. And and it is getting better. Every Every time they release a new update, it's gotten better. They haven't released an update yet that stinks, and that's that's really like not even up for debate. <laughs> I mean, like, they, they've really been no- knocking out home runs with their updates. So don't get down. It really, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, it's like money. It ma- it doesn't matter, and it's not real. The only thing that matters is what you do with it and how you spend your time. And if it's affected, if you enjoy it, you're ahead of the game. That's Indeed. all I got. All right, QGN News. Minecraft Off the Record records Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Our brand new podcast, Planet Side Off the Record, records Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Bi-weekly until the game launches. So every, you know, every other week. Uh, we'll be Planet Side Off the Record Thursdays afternoon at 3 p.m. Elder Scrolls Off the Record records Thursday night at 7 p.m. For us, that is tomorrow. And we hope you join us because tomorrow we have a very special episode. Maluka will be joining us once more for another great episode. She was on uh, episode 20 and uh, episode 32 will be recorded tomorrow night at 7. Join us in the live chat room. This time I get to be there. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have Lou there as well. Uh, Muluka will be taking your questions in chat. And Diablo Off the Record records Friday nights at 6 p.m. At 6 p.m., Diablo Off the Record, Friday nights. Not 7, 6. Check out Diablo Off the Record, guys. Those guys are bringing unbelievable content to this to this podcast. Um, I mean, we we have we at the, at the network have been in, enjoying that show tremendously. Uh, we're getting an un- overwhelming community response from it, and uh, we, we want to see it keep going. So Diablo off the record as well. And, and by the way, also uh, Minecraft off the record too. Uh, overwhelming community response for that. Their, their build-off contests, have, I mean... Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, of course I'm biased because it's a QGN show, but honestly, like, you know, for those of you out there that, that play... Um, 
Minecraft? Like, I don't know why you would listen to an, another show. And I, I'm sorry I'm saying that. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, the, what they do for Minecraft off the record, the way they we involve the community, no other show's doing it. And it's it's a lot of fun for the hosts. It's a lot of fun for the players and for the listeners of our network. And just everyone gets into it. Joe's doing amazing stuff. And, you know, everyone, Fred and, 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 uh, and, and, uh, you know, Mini Joe Buntini over there. <laughs> Mini Joe. <laughs> Mini Joe. <laughs> you know, Dan. Uh, you know, Dave, Dean. I mean, it's just, God, great stuff. Uh, awesome stuff. Minecraft and Diablo off the record. Check those things out. All right. Um, Lou, how to reach us? How to reach us? Our website, www.swotorreforged.com. Or you can reach us through our portal site which is www.questgamingnetwork.com. Fully updated portal site, guys. All of our new shows are popping up on that that portal site every single week, which is connected to our main feed, our our portal feed, um, the, the Quest Network feed, which you can find on iTunes by typing in Quest Gaming Network in the search bar. You can get all of our shows from... Excuse me. All of our episodes from all of our shows on that one feed. So if you're a massive fan of of everything that we do, and and there's there's one guy out there who is, um, <laughs> you can, you can get this is for you. This is, this is for you, uh, Joe Wilson. <laughs> you can uh, you can get all of our episodes as they release on that main feed. Questgamingnetwork.com. If you want to send us an email. Send it to swartoreforged at gmail.com. That's S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D at gmail.com. Twitter, if it's your thing, you can send a tweet to the show at swartoreforged. That's at S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D. If you want to send a tweet to Yvarwin, he's at Yvarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. If you want to send me a tweet, I am at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B, because A was taken, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Fred, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight, because he's actually hosting a pretty cool Minecraft event. (laughs) He's at Gorthinalor, at G-O-R-T-H-N-Y, I'm sorry, G-O-R-T-H-Y-N-O-L-L-U-R. I gotta get Fred to like make a second Twitter account or something. I mean, (laughs) you know, he he says that it's like that so no one bothers him. And if that's really the truth, like we'll just remove this from the show then. But (laughs) I mean, you know, it is ridiculous. (laughs) We're also on Facebook. We have a presence on Facebook. You can click the Facebook button on our website. It's on uh, SwatchWarriorForge.com to like us and automatically follow our updates. We also have the uh, new forums, I believe. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Fred was uh, good enough to to make new forums for us, and uh, I, you know what? I haven't been to them yet. I, I hate to, <laughs> I hate to. I mean, they came out this week, this weekend. Yes. Uh, so I haven't been to them yet. Uh, have you been there, Lou? Did you check them out? Yeah, yet? I actually registered uh, yesterday morning, but that was a really quick thing to do because i had to take an online class i had to get out of there because the online moderator was knew i wasn't there yeah <laughs> so quick registration process and then i was out i haven't been back there yet but it is up and running 
actually, and let me get that for everyone. One second, bear with me here. I should have put that in the notes. I apologize for everyone. Oh, it's all right. So, um, in the meantime, it, while while Lou does this, um, I'll say Lou a couple of times until he's finished with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the new forms are at www.questgamingcommunity.com. Questgamingcommunity.com. Yes. Okay, great. All right, SWOTOR Reforged. Is it? Oh, wait, hold on, I gotta do it. SWOTOR Reforged! <laughs> it's a, I hate myself. <laughs> is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. I am your host, Evarwin. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Good night, everyone. Glad to be here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope to see you all again next week. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.